Hey everybody, Connor here from the B-Side. Uh, welcome to a special bonus episode of the Film Stage Show. We're bringing this to you because I had a chance to sit down and have a lovely chat with the drone team from Michael Bay's Ambulance, which came out earlier this year and is now available to own on digital 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD. Uh, if you've followed the Film Stage at all since the movie's come out, you know that we love it quite a bit and I had a great time just picking the brains of the uh, the geniuses of uh, Michael Bay's drone team consisting of Davis DeLillo, Alex Vanover, and Jordan Temkin. We talk a bit about their origins in drone racing, uh, their different styles as drone pilots, the uh, logistical and creative hurdles behind what they were doing, and also just how they got the ear of Michael Bay in the first place. I'm, I'm Alex Vanover. Um, I came about on the project because I've been working with, at the time, Ether Films, which is our partner company or sister company, uh, for about six months. And then when Ambulance was something that came up, Davis reached out to me and very much excitement and uh, obviously asked if, you know, wasn't much of asking if I wanted to be a part of it or not, just said, we're doing this and it's going to be awesome. And that's just kind of, you know, the rest is history. Hi, um, I'm Davis. Uh, I'm the owner of Lightcraft and Ether Films. Uh, Lightcraft was the service provider for Michael Bay's ambulance, and we provided uh, an, a very unusual service uh, for drones. Um, basically, we took these FPV pilots, Jordan and Vanover, they're DRL champions and some of the best in the world, um, and we gave them aircrafts to fly the Red Komodo. Um, and it really changed the way that we could visually use drones and storytelling. And it, it was quite exciting with all the stunts and flips. Um, so now I'll let Jordan intro himself as well. Awesome. Yeah. So my name is Jordan Temkin. I was one of the uh, FPV pilots alongside Alex Vanover on Ambulance. Um, and I really don't really have much, too much more to add other than what they've already said, which is like, it was a really exciting project where we could push the limits of what was possible with these, uh, FPV racing drones and, and Michael Bay really allowed us to see what was possible. And we all learned together. So how, how did, how did you all get sort of connected with Bay? Like what was the process there? Uh, what were the conversations like? And, in, and you know, in terms of the figuring, I guess this is sort of a second question, but in terms of the the sort of figuring out what's possible, I mean, how cautious do you have to be in terms of pushing those limits, especially if you have these red cameras attached to your drones and stuff? Um, you know, I guess, what's the conversation like with Bay once those things kind of get in place and you're, and you're working through that stuff out? So I guess first... How did you guys kind of get on board the project? Uh, and then just what were the conversations like in terms of that figuring stuff out and, and seeing what limits you could push? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll answer the first part. Um, basically, we did this building dive downtown LA, uh, looking at the Air Korea building. And it's a glass reflective building. And we shot it with a Komodo. Um, and you could see the sunset and Santa Monica in the background from the reflections of the building as you're diving down at 100 miles an hour. Um, and Michael saw that shot and had Michael Case reach out to us. And there's a lot of questions trying to understand legality and how we were able to do that and how the aircraft work. 
Um, and, and a lot of these questions are physics problems, which I'll let Ben over or Jordan explain more so. But FPV drones are really unique in the fact that they can dive straight down. Um, and that was something a drone has never really done before. Uh, so those type of perspectives with buildings and downtown cityscapes is, is really compelling. Um, so Michael Case reached out to us and I had a phone call I waited on hold for like 45 minutes for. Wasn't sure if Michael was gonna come or not. Uh, but sure enough, he, he answered the phone and uh, we had a really intense conversation for about <laughs> three minutes. Um, and he's like, you guys are gonna be the, the guys. And I was like, wow, uh, that's, that, that's incredible because I've been a huge fan of Michael Bay uh, my entire life. So getting to work on a film with him was uh, definitely a, an experience that I will never forget. And so once, once you're on board the project, I guess, like, is there any, I mean, you mentioned the legality of it, which I mean, that's, we could talk for hours about just that whole aspect of it. But, but once you're, once you're in sort of in the process, I mean, were there rehearsals? Were there like, like, how did you guys kind of coordinate all this in terms of like figuring out what was safe to do, not only with the locations, but obviously with the vehicles and the camera and all that, like what, what level of it is sort of like very precise versus you guys seeing like, Hey, let's see if we can just make it spin this way while we do it. And, you know, uh, figuring things out from there, like how much of it is sort of an improvisation versus a, a an extremely dialed in sort of science, I suppose. Yes. I mean, Michael talks about the shot beforehand. We definitely don't get a real rehearsal. Like these, these stunts are one time stunts. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll have a meeting for maybe an hour before, the stunt happens while the guys have been preparing it all morning. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about making specific camera choices and how much risk we can take or want to take. And if the stunt was big enough for Michael, it, we didn't ultimately care about the Komodo and the, sure. uh, not that we were trying to be dangerous in any way, but it's, you know, a, a quarter million dollar explosion. It's a $7,000 drone. Um, it, it makes sense a lot of times to take risks in a safe way. Sure. Um, and Michael and the AT, the AD, Steve Bataglia gave us a lot of respect and, and basically we could just come up and ask like, Hey, we really want this shot, but we know it's, it's, it's pretty risky. We don't know if the aircraft will, you know, make it out or not, but, uh, yeah, most of the time it did. So <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> It was quite the experience, uh, but the, the pilots have a, a more real experience because they're in goggles standing next to these stunts like they have no, they can't see it at all, except for through the drone. Um, I'm standing in front of them watching the stunt happen. So it's uh, it's a pretty interesting perspective uh, for, for them to explain as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at least these stunts are it's about being methodical. It's about talking to the stunts team stock talking to the ad team um, we gather as much information as we can about what the stunt is um, because of the way this movie was filmed these stunts only happened once there were no retakes there were no you know we weren't doing explosions multiple times so mm -hmm. it was a lot of it was just trying to figure out what was going to happen and then mold a shot based around um what was expected and and a lot of the times it turned out really cool and we have these these partially unexpected uh results which uh 
which there was a lot of beauty in that because you were you were flying and you were so involved with the explosion or the the stun that was happening in that moment that that you'd have these beautiful results that would come out because of it. It's just crazy to hear you talk about having, you know, obviously you have to, you get one shot, but it just, I can't imagine the amount of focus it must take as a drone pilot to be able to, you know, you know, you've got so many, I imagine different uh, methods of calculus that's going on in your head to both get the shot. And, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Davis, like just making sure that you hopefully get the rig out alive. <laughs> um, What's important was get the shot. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. And, and the timing with that oftentimes was difficult in itself. Um, so oftentimes we, there was a shot that may have been better, but we knew that we only had one chance at it. And if we missed it, that would be the wrong choice. So there's a lot of these type of decisions that we'd have to have as a group uh, before we go up and get the shot. Right. Like the, like just a conversation on what's the thing you definitely know you can get for safety kind of thing versus like, what's going to really kind of sort of test the parameters of, uh, of what you might be able to do. And speaking of which, I mean, I don't want to necessarily oversell it, but you guys, to me, are doing like some Citizen Kane level action filmmaking stuff here. Like you just can't help but watch it and think like, I'm just seeing something I haven't seen before. But was there anything that you were kind of like, well, we definitely don't even want to try this because it's been done. So we're only going to go and try and do X, Y and Z. Or like, what was your process for figuring out what you wanted to achieve, I suppose? I guess for me personally, I'm always a very competitive person, competitive pilot. So I've seen drone shots before, mm. but we as a team really wanted to come in and set the bar very, very high for everyone else who would maybe get the chance after us. And hopefully that would allow us also, you know, in accomplishing these incredible shots to be able to get more chances in the future. So, I mean, for me as a pilot, personally, I would do my very best to make Davis who's uh, here as uncomfortable as possible. Um, but beyond that, my goal was just to impress Bay as much as I could. And oftentimes he, as the uh, movie continued on and we were nailing shot after shot after shot, uh, he started coming up with like gauntlet shots that were very, very difficult. Um, Jordan and I are uh, both world champion drone racers. So we've flown drones at hundred plus miles an hour through very small gates with precision flying over and over again. So, you know, we were able to accomplish a lot of these shots uh, from a technical standpoint, but the hardest thing was just, you know, dealing with the pressure of being on a big set like this, you know, Michael Bay is watching, you know, 300 other people on set are watching you as well. And, you know, these shots could make or break your career, but, you know, I would say that as a team, we accomplished every shot that was put in front of us. And we were also able to get very creative with Bay's directive and come up with some shots on our own that I think were really spectacular. And when you watch them in the movie, obviously you can see, you just won't see those kinds of uh, camera angles and perspectives pretty much anywhere else. No. And it's, and look, I mean, not to throw every other drone pilot or camera operator under the bus here, but like, you know, you see drone shots in say, you know, I don't know, true crime doc, true crime documentaries or whatever. And they can get pretty stale after a while as just standard establishing shots or whatever. So I do think that this just feels, you know, you start to see what might look like a normal drone shot before, you know, you take a nosedive down the side of a building. And it really is something, something truly kind of wonderful to watch in terms of all of those different uh, sequences, like you mentioned, Alex, 
which one of those was the most either challenging or like which one kind of had you quaking in your boots the most like in terms of like i don't i don't know if this is going to work but if it does it's going to be great you know well there were pretty much uh every big scene the last few weeks of the movie that i was on was like that i think it got very challenging but um and i can't wait to hear what jordan says as well to this but for me it was the last day on set when michael wanted us to fly under a cop car and 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 jump a cop car and fly under it because that was very tricky. The stunt director told me it was the car was only going to be about two, three feet off the ground, which left me very little, you know, area to work with. And also it's about timing it because Michael said he's going to jump the car one time and that's it. So I didn't want to, you know, mess the shot up. Right. So we was able to pull it off, but, um, and then there were, Michael didn't tell me that he had two cars lined up behind it. He just wanted to see the drone crash <laughs> is what happened. But, um, that was a very difficult shot because, Oftentimes on the movie, like I said, you have a lot of eyes watching the drone because it's very loud. It's, you know, everyone can see it, but there's also a lot of other cameras rolling at the same time. But when we did this shot in particular, it was a rap day. We were just having yeah, it was fun. a rap day. It was basically everyone having fun. So there were a lot of eyes. So there was a lot of pressure on me to deliver this shot. And I just, I, I remember telling Davis and, you know, even telling myself, like, I got to pull this off. I can't mess this shot up. This is this is the one to make happen. And after we did the shot, Michael didn't even acknowledge it. He just walked away. So I felt very <laughs> proud of that. Um, but yeah, I'd say like almost every shot in the last few weeks of the movie was very high pressure, especially when we got into a lot of the stunt scenes. Jordan got to do more of them than me because I went off and actually got married during that time. So I, I like left the movie for a few weeks and then came back at the very end. So I didn't get to do a lot of like the explosion fly through scenes. So, um, which I'm pretty jealous about, but you know, I, be curious to see which one. I think I know which one Jordan would say it was probably the hardest, but I'd love to hear him say it. Yeah, um, I, I it's all a blur to me, um, to some degree. You know, it's it was all such a challenge, and and yet it was still like just fun all at once. Um, so it's 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 a difficult task to just just nail down something that was the hardest but to yeah i mean the whole the whole process was just it was such a joy to be able to to use these fpv drones in such a way that we might previously not push them or ourselves i guess to that to that limit right like um for me at least i i fly with a with a sense of caution um because the last thing i want to do is is crash a drone but when we're given this golden ticket to be like yeah there's yeah, this there's giant explosion giant fly through the middle of the explosion and see what happens um you get some really incredible shots like what we see in the movie where we are flying through explosions and then there's no other way to get a shot like that you know you can, you're not going to just send a steady cam off mm -hmm. through an explosion um but hey, a, a little robot that we're flying, why not? Let's see what it looks like. Um, and and that was that was so much fun. Was there any conversation around specific kinds of shots and how you divided up the work in terms of like, was there any moment you mentioned, you know, you, you maybe fly a little more cautiously? Like, was there ever something where you were like, no, no, no Alex, why don't you take this? Because, you know, or something like that, like. How, how did how did how did you as a team kind of decide or divvy up uh, who was going to do what kind of flying or anything like that? 
Um, on ambulance, it was yeah. it was just luck. It was just scheduling because he got married. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you were never on big, set uh, at the same time. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it wasn't you were sort of swapping out with each other, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, when we when we schedule ourselves for other shoots and stuff too, like we there there were stylistically different uh, pilots. Right. Um, Vanover, I, I would consider him a heat seeking missile. And, and then I'm usually more relaxed than, than all I would say. I would add and say from my perspective, yeah, I, I would agree. I'm, I'm like a heat seeking uh-huh. missile. Um, that's just because I got that, you know, racing blood in me, I suppose. <laughs> sure. I like, but I like to make the drone sound loud. I like to push it to the edge. So if it's like tracking a, a fast moving car chase, like we had an ambulance, great. If it's like a really technical shot. Great. Um, and I, and Jordan, I can do all those shots as well. We just have like different styles in the way we do it. Jordan's very good at like the cinematic shots where it's like all about composition and framing, um, shots that I am still growing into because uh, I'm fairly new to cinema myself. The, the Michael Bay movie was technically my, like the first day on the Michael Bay movie was my fifth day ever on an actual set. Wow. So, I mean, that's a very big leap sure. to make at the, at the time I was 20 years old. That That's a very big leap to make in not only ability of being on set, but also just maturity at 20 years old to be jumping onto a big set like that. So it was a lot of pressure. It was very challenging, but yeah, thankfully the, the shot list that I got to do for the most part, were all my style shots, which is, you know, heat seeking missile style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that's what I realized. Like when we were building these systems, like it was about three years ago. Now we, we strapped a red Gemini onto a FPV drone. Um, and we were like, wow, this is going to be cinema for sure. Like this is going to be on high action films, but I quickly realized that like, yes, I can fly these drones. Cause that, that's, I come from eight years of, uh, drone, uh, work experience and I can fly these drones, but not, not like these guys, they're on a completely different level. Um, because the FPV drones, there's no flight controller there. there it's not a robot. It's an actual human being flying an object. So it's, it's uh, quite incredible, and it, it it was amazing to see someone like Vanover with no cinema experience step on a set and to get like cheered for um, ultimately, and that that was just kind of a wild eye opening experience for for all of us, and um, it's yielded a lot of success for us, and we hope to continue it more. And do you, I mean, I, I imagine Alex, it's like a little almost liberating to be a little bit more fresh to it because I imagine you're not even burdened with potentially some of the things of like, Oh, is this composed? Well, it's more like, no, I just got to like get the shot. And, 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 uh, you know, you keep going back to heat seeking missile, that, that kind of thing in, in terms of um, things your team needed to be concerned about, was there ever any, obviously in action filmmaking, one of the biggest things to any great action sequence is, you know, geography. Um, But obviously a lot of your geography entails, the entire city of Los Angeles in some shots, you know, was there ever any kind of conversations you were involved in that were concerned with the geography of Los Angeles, or was it more like, we're just going to get these shots and Bay is just going to put them wherever, or was there an actual sort of methodology towards like how this ongoing car chase is going to sort of carry out through the, you know, geography of downtown Los Angeles. And did that sort of inform where you were going to put the camera? Yeah. I can jump in there for Vanover just to kind of explain. Like we we did initially plan a few shots 
with Michael that were going to be actually story driven. Um, and the one that we did on, on the scout that we were very passionate about knowing that we could execute uh, was the bank dive of the federal building, yeah. looking down at everyone pulling up to the bank. Mm -hmm. And it's like this for sure, Michael, like no one has seen this shot before. We're going to dive down this building. You're going to see all this unplay, and then you can bring the, the action to the bank. Um, and, and that was one of the first shots that, that we did with Michael. Um, and it, it immediately we started planning more and more of those shots. And were you, were any of you surprised at all in terms of, you know, even moments that you got to play around? Like, were you surprised to see how that stuff played in the final cut of the film? I mean, for me, it was, it was just fascinating to see how the editors pick and chose FPV because we haven't ever seen FPV mixed into a feature like this. Um, so seeing what parts, because so when we fly FPV, we're recording the entire flight mm -hmm. um, just because of the nature of saving weight. We don't do run stop and stuff. We just click record and, and it kind of sprays the whole flight. So as we're doing these shots, we never really know what the editors are necessarily going to choose mm -hmm. because in our minds, we're like, that was the shot, right? Sure. There's, there's, a, there's a head and a tail there. Um, and what I found was they would, I thought it was going to be a lot more snap snappy, like mm -hmm. it'd be like a lot more jump cut. Um, but they would use these extended FPV shots, which would be a few seconds long and stuff. And I, I, I loved that they, they kind of kept that essence of the flight, um, in a lot of the editing. And it really, I mean, it does it does serve as a great showcase for your work because seeing it in those longer takes really does highlight sort of the the technical skill required to say fly around a building and then you know dive straight down the side of it or something like that right uh when you see it kind of all all in one take um in terms of I, I do want to get maybe a little logistical here. Um, I just out of curiosity, I mean, what are the safety protocols and sort of logistical protocols you have to consider when choosing your locations and, and deciding how close you're going to get to a given building? Uh, you know, especially when you're also trying to maybe do a little bit of improvisation. So we had maybe some of the most incredible lockoffs I've ever experienced. And that's the power of Michael Bay. Um, there were like four square blocks of LA shut down. There's like 5,000 rounds of five, five, six, like mini guns going off. Like it sounded like a war zone in downtown LA. Um, <laughs> so we have strict lockoffs everywhere, um, which we don't get oftentimes on commercials. We get like a rolling three minute thing. Um, but no, we had officer assisted full shutdowns and we had a, a huge permit that was even excluding our locking. So as long as we didn't fly over people and we were abiding by FAA laws, we, we had parts of the city, blocks of the city um, at our hands. It was incredible. That's amazing. That's not something we ever get um, and approval from the federal building and, and uh, the LA uh, center studios location. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was definitely a once in a lifetime Lock off. Now, just sort of as we're getting close closer to the end here, 
in general, and I believe Alex, you were the one who kind of mentioned this, like you weren't necessarily burdened with needing to feel like how things were going to work cinematically coming out of this experience. And this is a question for all of you coming out of this experience. Is there anything particular you feel, I guess, one that you're going to pull from this to continue to kind of push the kind of limits of storytelling with, with drone photography and Two, is there anything you weren't able to do on this that you are now thinking ahead? Like, oh, I would love to try X, Y, or Z in a, in a sort of future endeavor. I guess I'll start off and say that from the beginning to the end of the movie, my flying style adapted quite a bit. Um, one of the first days on set, Michael, at the end of the day, grabbed a beer and literally just came over and said, hey, kid, why don't you dive these buildings? I'm going to teach you like composition and whatnot. And uh, like, I didn't even literally know what like front lit or back lit meant at all. <laughs> like, I just didn't know those terms or really what they meant. Um, and he was just like, it was really cool. It was one of the coolest moments in my FPV career is just like f ripping buildings in downtown LA that you would never get to do with an FPV drone ever, legally at least. And it's just Michael Bates giving me the direction. So I think like coming out of the movie to having like looked at the shots, I can see for like the beginning to the end of the movie, where my shots or like my framing was better. My composition was better. Um, and we've done so much work as a team since then, I would say the biggest thing I would take going from that movie is just slowing down even more. And, uh, looking back at some of those shots, if I had slowed down a little bit better or just a little bit more, then I think the shots would have turned out much better. But as like a racing pilot, who's just new to a, a film set, um, I didn't understand the meaning of like when this is going to be on a big screen, it's going to be freaking fast. Right. So mm. that's the biggest thing I have taken away. And my flying has changed drastically since then. I mean, that was almost a year and a half, a year and a half ago now. Um, but that's the biggest thing I would take away, but I'm very proud of all the shots. I mean, technically speaking, I think there's no other movie out there that has FPV shots like this at this time. So very, very, I'm just very humbled and very proud to be like, you know, one of the pilots who got to do that on this team. I would uh, counter by saying the, the clear opposite. Um, I admire the energy that Vanover is able to put into the shots. Um, and I feel like personally, I sometimes am too reserved. And I wish I could just forget about it all and be a heat-seeking missile and go uh, go 100 miles an hour and and you know that's to me that was that was also the fun of doing this with with both of us being pilots separately on the movie was seeing how we have we have these different styles and yet they're so similar mm. um and and vanover because of his his incredible competitive background he's there's so much energy that goes into each shot that he takes. Like it's, it's, it's terrifying from a, from a viewer's standpoint, right? Cause mm. you're on board this roller coaster and you're like, we're going to crash into that car. And then somehow you go under it. Right. Um, and to me that, that, that's something that I, I personally am trying to capture more of. Um, and it's funny to hear Vanover say that the other way around. So we're, <laughs> you know, that's, but that's, that's, I feel like that same goes for any operator, uh, you know, in, in all sorts of different um, categories, right? You're, you're always trying to capture uh, 
whatever's in front of you in a certain way. And Vanover does that in an incredible way. And do you, do the three of you kind of find yourselves, I mean, you, you've also been working on, uh, on Antoine Fuqua's emancipation. I mean, do you find yourselves bringing the same things into something like that into future projects or is it a totally, do you kind of wipe the slate clean and speak to, and speak to that separately? Like, or, or does someone like Fuqua go to you and say, Hey, give me what you gave Bay. Like, how, how does that, how does that work as you kind of bring it forward onto new projects? I feel yes, like every, every time yeah. I work on a new project, it's a, it's a learning experience from a education standpoint for producers and directors and DPs. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we're educating them on what is a drone? How do you use a drone? And then in addition to that, what in the world is an FPV drone? And how do we use an FPV drone, right? So a lot of what we do is is kind of translate the concepts that um, these directors and DP have and then try and translate it into our flight dynamics, right? Sure. So our drones fly in a certain way and we're taking the, the visual thought um, from the DP, let's say, and then we're translating it into the way in which our drones fly. Um, and and that's that's like is going to be a constant learning experience for both sides for us and and the DPs and directors um because we're always learning on new ways these aircraft can be flown and especially as we have these young pilots come about who are able to fly these drones in manners which we didn't even realize were possible you know it opens up a whole new window to what we can capture with these drones. So it's it's like we're we're evolving and we're taking the next step every single day. And the technology is really evolving fast. Um, and it's been exciting to to see that the next evolution of this stuff is just around the corner. So and I think that's a that's a great little note to wrap up on. Um, but thank you so much for your time. Again, the, the work that you've uh, that you've done on this movie has has main, maintained it very high in my ranking for the year, actually, of uh, 2022 films. I saw it a couple times in theaters and I've I've loved it every single time and uh, really, really excited to see what uh, what you as a team and other people kind of take from your uh, from your work on it uh, into uh, the future of action filmmaking. You know, thanks for the compliments, Connor. So that's our chat with the excellent folks behind the groundbreaking drone work of Ambulance. Uh, reminder that it is now out available to own on digital, 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD. I own the 4K Ultra myself. It is a wonderful transfer. It looks great. So do yourself the favor if you are a physical media person or if you want to get it on digital, check it out. Uh, if you like what you've heard here, please do rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow the Film Stage show on Twitter and Facebook. You can also follow the Film Stage on Twitter and Facebook. And as for my podcast, The B-Side, which I produce and co-host with Dan Mecca, you can check us out if you haven't yet. Uh, over at The B-Side, we talk about movie stars and not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones that they made in between. 
our most recent episodes include uh, one about the B-sides of Penelope Cruz. Before that, we did a fun episode with Miami Nice's Katie Walsh uh, about the B-sides of Val Kilmer. And later this week, we will be dropping our 99th episode featuring my guest host, Mitchell Beaupre from Letterboxd. And our guest, Mariah E. Gates, talking about the B-sides of Hollywood royalty, Drew Barrymore. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for that one. Uh, If you'd like to follow the B-side, we are on Twitter and Facebook at TFS B-side. And uh, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening and go watch Ambulance.